Hello and welcome to Movie Theater Time Machine, the show where we keep it real surreal. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm Cass. You know, this month we're going to talk about something that's truthfully the most important thing of all time. The it's a simple, very special month. The simple fact that Nazis are bad. Okay? <laughs> yeah, if you're a Nazi, you're bad. <laughs> are we the baddies? <laughs> Uh, today we open up with The Great Dictator. Mm-hmm. A very, very, very important film and one of the first known stabs at fascism. And I love the, I love the story behind it mostly about this. Mm. You know, Charlie Chaplin wrote this film specifically to piss Hitler off. <laughs> and I just, I love that. Charlie, he, he was a huge fan of Charlie Chaplin. Hitler himself. And he asked him, he said, could you put, I love everything you do. Your films are amazing because Germany at that time was kind of like the way China is now. Huh? Like they were buying up a lot of like American stuff. They, they bought up a lot of things. They made a lot of money for American studios in Hollywood mm. that they felt that they had the right to dictate what they did. I see so, what you did. You know, so uh, not intentional, but yeah. So if they, you know, if they're like, oh, the Germans might not like that, or we might not want to go that way, Charlie Chaplin funded and wrote this movie himself specifically so he could piss Hitler off. Because <laughs> he, he was considering getting rid of the whole, like, uh, the tramp look yeah. for a little while and shaving his mustache. Was and- he already like, Hitler stole my mustache? No, no, but he, like, Hitler wrote a letter to him. Asked him to shave the mustache off, but Charlie was considering... What? He looks weird without it. Yeah. Charlie Chaplin was considering getting rid of it. And at that point, he's like, but then he realized Hitler was really super concerned about his own image. <laughs> so he kept the mustache and then wrote this movie to make fun of him. Good. And I'm like, this is... I, I have to know more about this movie not to see this. And I mean, my God, it is funny as hell. Mm. Uh, man, yeah, you enjoyed it too, right? Yeah. yeah. You were laughing the whole way through, mostly, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I gotta say, this is my second time seeing it. Yeah, I, I I remember I've seen it a few times, yeah. So, the first time I saw it was, some well, enough years ago that I didn't remember too much of what happened, yeah. except I was disappointed, because when I hear the premise, I think it's gonna be a very different movie than it is. Right, right, right. Like, yeah, yeah, we've gotta get it off the bat, like, one of the... One of the Things that the movie is known for only happens, like, in the last ten minutes. Right. The whole... Uh, like, yeah. is that how the movie is generally described? Or Pretty much, I, yeah. Or am I just... My memory just cherry-picking? Well, as I know, as I know of it. As I know of the movie, I mean, it was... You know, that that's the one where it's like, okay... And you can kind of see that it's going to happen. Mm. You know, where Charlie Chaplin plays the, uh, the dictator Adnoid Hinkle... Yeah. Which is just the perfect <laughs> fucking name. Adnoid referred to as one of the more useless um, muscles in the body. Isn't that the thing in your ears? Yeah. It's or the, tonsils? It's the, muscles that, it's the muscles that control your tonsils. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which are just la- largely removed when you have your tonsils removed. Right. You know, anyway, so I just he named him Adnoid and... Many, many, many beautiful wordplays. Like in the beginning with the guy that he saves, he's got to go to General Smells Awful. (laughs) 
Yeah. And you got air garbage. Air, air garbage. garbage, which was my favorite. <laughs> hey, garbage. <laughs> I, I, it is, that was my, uh, that was my favorite end, the Bento Mussolini parody. Uh, yeah. That's... Uh, just, like, okay, are they gonna go, like, full stereotypical Italian? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah. I love that, and I mean, the fact that, um, you know, there was some peace between the, uh, the U.S. and Germany at the time. Chaplin plays the roles of the fascist dictator and the Jewish barber. Who doesn't have a name? Does he have a name? No. Okay. Just, he's just the barber here. It was very, very, very popular with audience, but it actually is one of the, it's, it's one of the movies that is historically cited as one of the, one of the biggest satires of all time. <laughs> like how to write a satire. And Charlie sat on this movie for years. He wanted to fund it himself. He did other movies in order to have money to pay for this movie. Well, when did it come out? It was. It came out in 1940. Okay, so but, do you, what was going on in World War World World War Two by then? World War Two. At that point, the Germans were starting to invade other countries, mm-hmm. starting to take over Europe for a large portion of it. 1941. Obviously, we got involved. But, you know, as, you know, most American history books, it's just like, you know, when we got involved, things became important. At least from our perspective, because our citizens were fighting mm. at that time. But, you know... Well, I, I mean, Pearl yeah. Harbor was a pretty big shakeup. Well, yeah, that's how we got involved. Yeah. Yeah, December 7th, 1941. And, but the um, the movie itself, I mean, won a lot of it. It was nominated for a lot of awards. Um, including here, Best Outstanding Production, Best Actor, Best Writing, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Music. Um, you know, so it nominated for a lot, but it really isn't. And, but one thing that really is super notable, Charlie Chaplin said in his 64 biography here, if I wouldn't have never made the film if I knew the true extent of the horrors of the Nazi concentration camps. Ah. Uh. You know, that, that's important. Mm. That's important to really notice because a lot of the world did not know until 1945. Mm. A lot of Germans really didn't even know it was happening. You know, it was uh, it was a really it was obviously Nazis are bad, okay. uh, but you know, I, I God dang, I, I love this. Mm. I love this. I mean, to go on to do this, it I I really suggested that we do this theme this month. Mm. And really work on it because I, you know, we're a small podcast and I mean, we've been successful, but I want to use this as our voice to really show fascism is stupid and really show why this is. Because you can do this through the film and when you look at movies like this, you realize everybody, I see other people who are thinking, oh, this is not so bad. Like, how the fuck can you say, as an American citizen, that Putin's not that bad? Mm. How can you say, in you know, or others are like, ah, oh, they're not that bad. I don't think anyone's saying that. Yes, they are. Who the fuck's saying that? Fox fucking News and fucker Carlson. Well, they don't count. They're evil. Yes. So how the fuck can you say that when they're like, oh, they're not because Mad King Dump. They're probably getting that. paid by uh, Pootie. Yeah. 
but it's all that other shit. You know, that's the reason why I wanted to do this. I wanted to show, no, this is why all they're saying is stupid. And you, you want know? an excuse to review Inglorious Bastards because it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes, goddamn, that's such a good movie. <laughs> Wait for the crumb. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I kept making jokes throughout the movie, like... Oh no! They're here. They're looking. They're gonna drink your milk. <laughs> oh, uh, well, I'll save that. Damn, that guy was scary in that movie. Yeah, the milk. Just, just wanting oh, the milk. It was. Oh, but that's yeah. another review for the future. Wait for, for the crumb. <laughs> Christoph Waltz did so good there. Mm. All right, so let's jump into this movie here, and we're gonna uh, talk about the Great Dictator. Why is it still timely? Because, my God, it is great. Uh, it's the Western Front, 1918, a Jewish private fighting Central Force nation of Tomania. Yeah, Be- they're all, uh, <laughs> no nations were harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> so we all know what they're talking about. Tomania is Germany. Yeah. And, well, uh, bacteria is Italy. Italia. That was a perfect word, Barry. What, Austerlich was... What, Poland, maybe? Poland, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was Poland. I was finished with the uh, Commander Scholz, who was carrying a <laughs> valuable document. They, they know nothing. <laughs> wrong, wrong Scholz. Yeah. Uh, here, valuable document to secure a Tomanian victory. However, they run out of fuel, and there's still really, like, funny parody stuff. It's kind of like a Three Stooges desk. You know, they have the big Tommy gun and, you know, or the giant gun and they're shooting the ballistics out. And with, with the, 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 the giant thing, the big bullet falling out of the gun. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like this big cannon thing with a seat yeah, on it yeah. that spins around. Yeah, it's spinning around. He's inadvertently pointing at his commanding officer. And then, um, when the big giant when the shell artillery shell just kind of bloops out yeah. onto the ground, he has to go what pick it up. He's gonna test it, and it keeps uh, following him. Uh, it? it just it reminded me of the episode of Mash mm. where the uh, um, where the the uh, the bomb fell on the camp on the camp. Oh. Yeah, and they turned out it was just a propaganda bomb <laughs> for the navy uh, the navy military football game. Oh, God. Yeah. There's a great line where Wayne Rogers has, uh, <laughs> Wayne Rogers has a set the scope next to him and he goes, and Alan Alda looks at him and goes, did you spring a leak? <laughs> uh, it just brought me back to that. And, uh, and, you know, I, I particularly liked that you got all the smoke and, you know, Charlie as, uh, as the Jewish barber. Soldier is, you know, marching along and he says, Oh, how are you doing? Uh, oh, excuse me. And he's got the wrong, he's got the wrong platoon. Oh, God, yes. Cause I, I was like, I could tell by their helmets. Yeah. yeah. Do the Americans have this, the same helmets or is it just the English specifically had those? English. Okay. Yeah. The Americans are very, very, very different here. So he, um, you know, Commander Schultz, uh, was one guy who, you know, has a has a German plane. He's exhausted. He's going to um, running out of fuel. The plane crashes, but you know, there's a beautiful scene where the plane is flying upside down. And they don't realize yes. they're upside down. And he, and, and 
the barber wants to give him some water. The but water's the, flying. But it's like just flying up, which is actually <laughs> down. And it's like, how? come on, how long does it take you to realize you're upside down? He said that the sun was uh, below them. Yeah. I like the pocket watch. Mm. What time is it in the pocket watch? It's, it's just floating. That's just... <laughs> Yeah, and it's like that's just brilliant here. So, but the plane crashes. Yeah. Oh, I think he was unharmed. uh, The barber, at least, was unharmed because uh, he landed in mud. He is unharmed uh, mostly, but he does suffer a lot of memory loss. Oh yeah, that's. I would think. Well, the pilot. What happened to him? Wasn't he under the wreckage? He should have had the memory loss. True, true, but plot requires it. You know. Still, there's better ways to yeah, do that shit. Yeah, so upon being rescued, Schultz is informed that Tomania actually surrendered. Hey, the war's over. We are, we lost, we lost. <laughs> I think it's kind of weird starting off with uh, our, our, uh, I don't know if you see. Our main character is uh, on the German side. Yeah, that is, that is kind of odd, but you got to remember, I mean, it's, it, it, we weren't against the German citizens mm. at all. Like, I don't know. I guess it's just yeah. I just lump in the two world wars together and kind of think Germany bad. I, I don't know what they did during the first one. I just know they were the enemy in the first one too. Yeah, uh, Germany. I mean, historically, look at it. Germany kind of got screwed because in the League of Nations, they determined at World War One that. Which led to the rise of Nazism, determined that basically saying that it was their fault. Mm. You know, they did it, so the Ger- the German currency went through the damn roof, and it was it was terrible. But so he's uh, Charlie's character, the barber, is carried off to the hospital. It's been twenty years; he's still suffering amnesia. He just like forgets every week. Yeah. This guy is horrible, or, too. Or every couple of weeks, he yeah. says he's going to come back to do he's, yeah. his barbershop. He's going to reopen the barbershop, which is now a ghetto. Mm. And the ghetto, the ghetto is governed by Schultz, which has uh, promoted in the Germanian region, So, but which transformed into the fascist dictatorship under Adnoid Henkel. Now, Adnoid Henkel... And him giving the speech and <laughs> the fake fucking German. Oh, God. And the, you know, the different people and the, oh, there's a pooping and the, you know, and the, <laughs> you know, and instead of the Fuhrer, he's the Fooey. <laughs> and the fat guy and, just keeps saying banana. And then I'm like, is it, oh my God, is this what happened to the Minions? I know they were, <laughs> I looked it up, but I guess they were in a cave during this time period or some shit to yeah. avoid this, but uh, <laughs> fantasy casting, fucking Minions get involved. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, oh, just, banana? They just keep talking about bananas. Banana. Why? But the fruit, but the, the <laughs> but just listeners, if you haven't seen this, just, Picture what somebody would say if they were faking German. Uh, and just throw in random words like uh, Ran- yeah. kindergarten, cats and jammer. Cats and and that is what Charlie Chaplin is doing. Yeah. Like, and, you know, instead of the Nazi symbol, there's the XX. The double cross. Yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> so, 
Soldiers of the Double Cross. <laughs> well, I didn't get any other humor on that, though. Well, they probably scummy double cross you. Oh, probably. Oh, oh, okay, okay. And, uh, you know, back, but the, that whole bit alone is just so damn funny. And, you know, if you, if you, like, if you didn't have Charlie Chaplin, I mean, it reminds me, and it's not fantasy casting, but there's a Three Stooges short where Moe is, is Hitler. What? Yeah, it, there really is. Like, they did that. It was, uh, Moe was Hitler and Curly was, uh, was, um, was Goebbels. Mm. And it just, like, it, it, I mean, goddamn, it's funny. I mean, it is really damn funny. And I mean, I think Moe was really irritated because Charlie beat them to it. Uh, you know, or at least, uh, but it, it, um. Oh, interesting. It, yeah. I did, I, I did get the joke about, cause there was an old comic strip, Cats and Jammer Kids. Yeah. It was, um, I think, it, I don't, is it the oldest running? Yeah, I think it's the oldest or longest running one. Something yeah. like that. It started yeah. in December 1897 and yeah. ran until, tw- um, 2006. No kidding. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. Of course, yeah. they did change some titles during, like, World War times to make it less yeah. German. Yeah. At least World War One. I? I don't know. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting. So the barber is back in the ghetto area, and he falls in love with Hannah. And they try to resist the persecution by the military forces. And He's also confused by all yeah. the cobwebs in his shop. Yeah. And the stormtroopers carry the barber out to go get him hanged, but Schultz recognizes Oh, that's because he doesn't know why someone painted Jew on his window. Yeah. And then yeah, he, starts he starts cleaning, cleaning it off, off. and yeah. then he yeah. ends up sticking a brush in yeah. a Nazi's face or some shit. Yeah, and this one, um, actually, it's really interesting. Do you say that because you have Hannah who's reaching out and... Knocking the stormtroopers out with a pan. Oh yeah, and, and then she accidentally knocks the yeah. the barber. Yeah, yeah. And he, Charlie always did that really great Pratt Falls too. But he 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 did this really beautiful thing when he was in a daze and just walk around. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you could hear the birds tweeting, but it's Charlie. Uh, uh, Hannah is played by Paulette Goddard, who. Was his love interest in the movie we did in our very first episode, Modern Times. Mm. And actually was his wife at the time. Uh. You know, so you'd see like the, di- the dynamics where it's like, hey, it seems to work. That's the reason why it works, really. Mm. Uh, and you know, where the, <laughs> and uh, you know, where Schultz recognizes him in World War II from the World War One, excuse me, We're saving its life. Yeah, and then you know he helps the barber regain his memory, but also saves the ghetto. And now the stormtroopers can't, uh, they can't go in and they can't do anything. So now they're just like helping people out and just wandering around and leaving people alone. And um, isn't it the barbers? Or Hannah, or both, or I don't remember who was like, "Oh, maybe this Hinkle isn't so bad." Yeah, but Hannah said that. Yeah, is it? Uh, yeah, Mister Jekyll, the the old guy who looks like Magneto. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He does. Look, yeah, you said it. That's all I, I could I, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if was it Ian. 
McClellan? Ian McClellan, yeah. 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 I don't know if he always played Magneto, but that that's the No, yeah, it was just the a, first X Men no, movie, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, there's no question there. <laughs> yeah. I think he was so sure about this. He was mm. waiting for shit to hit the fan, I believe. Yeah. Right, right. And, you know, meanwhile Hinkle is um you know, is uh trying to be able to you know, bring bush up military forces and Really makes sure that everything's okay, but he wants to borrow money from the Jewish banker, Herman Epstein. And Herman Epstein is not really willing to do it, but ultimately he wants to do it. So, um, you know, he wants to get the money. So he said, oh, you know what? Let's just leave the ghetto alone for a while and we'll be okay. But ultimately the banker refuses and it's back to business as usual. And, uh, Charlie, who does a tremendous, tre- tremendous, like, really gritty, guttural, like, Hitler-esque type. Which is in very good contrast to when he's playing the barber. Yeah. Which you can really see towards the end when, when they, when he's finally, they switch. Yeah. Or at least he's. Right. Cause the, the thing that, the descriptions of the premise I hear is that he, Okay, the barber's mistaken for Hitler. Yeah. But, of course, that only happens at the very, very, very end of a right. two-hour and five-minute long yeah. movie. So Yeah, it's like about one fifty-five, one fifty-six when it finally happens. But it, I, most of the movie is kind of like, oh, you have the barber falling in love with Hannah and stuff. And yeah. And they're having, tr- the ghetto's having troubles and... Sometimes we switch over and we see uh, Hinkle doing his yeah. assholery, uh, yeah. you know, being an insecure, screaming dictator. Yeah, and this is a good thing. I'm glad you said that because it's good to highlight it because this is something that a lot of people knew. And Hitler was super protective of his image. <laughs> so he was the one that, you know, wanted pictures and paintings done a certain way. There's, you know, now we know of now it was rumored that he may have had some Parkinson's. So it may, you know, whereas there's video now that had been, you know, restored, obviously, of, you know, him with his hand shaking, you know, uncontrollably out of nowhere. So, I mean, it, it he was extremely insecure of his own image. A hundred, like a hundred percent. And. You know, Charlie caught on to that. You know, I mean, Charlie caught on to it as well. And like the scene yeah. when, um, yeah, what, what was the bacterian? Okay, guys. Yeah, name Benzo Napoloni. Okay, so when Napoloni yeah. shows up, he's like a total foil. Fuck yeah, to Hankel because he's just like yeah, <laughs> he's I... he's like the big, I don't know, casual yeah. I want to say kind of like a sitcom dumb guy dad, sort of loud and obnoxious and totally not self-conscious at all. He's he's a member of the Corleone family. (laughs) <laughs> like just just go Godfather route. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. I don't remember. You know, but I know you're not, but it's just still like it's just describing it. I mean, it's but like he is. He, <laughs> you know, it's just you can picture him walking, go, "Hey, Godfather, how you doing there?" <laughs> you know, just oh God, it just that very loud, brash, fat character, and I just my God, every time he showed up, he was just damn funny. Mm, true. You know, you're just damn funny. And I mean, I could just, 
you know, just like he would have been an extra in the, you know, um, in the Three Stooges shorts. Yeah. Like going toe to toe with Curly or something. Yeah. You know, it just, every damn thing he said was funny. Do you feel dirty about that? With, 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 oh, what describe, but the way he was acted, it was just hysterical. Eh. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, Charlie was damn funny as well. I mean, you know, but knowing it from a historical perspective, he's funnier. But I mean, I do want to put to, you know, put this cross though that this is not the first time Charlie's voice was heard on, uh, you know, on film. Mm. Yeah. yeah, you know, but was this... the first time that scene with the roller skating? Oh, no, yes. the whatever movie that was. Modern time, modern no. time, the end of modern times, or something. No, it was like a singing scene. He was in a restaurant. Yeah. Was it not the kid? Um, the one with the girl who stole a banana. Modern times, I think. Right. No, that was a that wasn't modern times. That was when he was working in the factory. Oh. Yeah, but that was only a brief part at the very beginning. I don't know. Yeah, but still, this is the first time beyond the talkies where Charlie is, Charlie is fully out there. You know, he's not the tramp character that had been in tremendous amounts of movies. Mm. But there, there's, a, there's a beauty part of this. And also, this is the time his, his mustache was not real. Right. At this time, you can see it very, very clearly in the end. That it's a white streak in his yeah, hair. Yeah, you can clearly see that. But I mean, he's walking away from his characteristic tramp character from the silent film era, and I mean, it paid off with tremendous success. Uh, but well, you, yeah. I mean, the barber didn't seem that different. No. It. But he's talking, he's acting, he's interacting and bouncing off people. He's not just doing his little twitches or, you know, but he still has the physical, you know, the physical sense to it. I just love it. Um, so where were we here? So, um. Uh, oh, uh, one thing about insecure dictators is yeah. when, uh, garbage is like t- telling Hinkle how he's gonna make, uh, Napoloni. Napoloni feel, uh, try to make him feel (laughs) inferior at every turn. Like everything is engineered to make this guy feel inferior. Like, okay, we got this short chair. So you'll, so you'll always be looking down on him. And if he relaxes, we got this bust of you here frowning at him so he can't relax. And we're going to make him walk all the way across the room because that's weird and yeah. Uncomfortable. And then he just bursts out of the door from behind and is like, hi! <laughs> yeah. Or whatever. That was one of my favorite parts where he's like, hey, let me hold a flower while he walks in. Yeah, I don't know why they he goes all up with they're that. He's just holding a flower, and, but he walks behind him and then smacks him in the back and he falls <laughs> out of the chair. Hey, Hinky, my dictator brother. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> How you doing there, my brother over here? You? Like it's just, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's... Um, but the... <laughs> Is this before or after the scene with the giant balloon earth? Uh, after that. Okay. Yeah, but the the, the My World dance to... What the hell is that? Yeah, that has been parried a lot. <laughs> I don't recall yeah. any instances. That has been parried a lot. I can name one that was really, really damn funny 
It was parodied in a in a Hilton Hotels commercial. Oh. Considering I used to work for one of their major competitors, yeah. I laugh my ass off every time I think of it. And it's with somebody like because the they wanted to advertise that the suites were large and spacious. Uh. That you can dance around and you can do that. They recreated the the dance Charlie did. Where they're like going sliding down drapes and you could bounce because Hilton, you can go all over the world with it. Uh. And I laughed my ass off so hard with that because of the who those I don't think somebody knew what they were parodying. Or thought that maybe nobody cared or nobody knew. I don't know. But, you know, a film buff like me, I'm looking at them like, ah, funny. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah. Um, uh, but that was that was a little bit long, a little yeah. bit too long and weird. Yeah. And he just wanted to be left alone. Like, right? okay, this is getting you off, huh? Yeah. But the <laughs> um, the thing was, was that the world popped. Oh, yes, yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, well, the world popped at the end. At first, it looks like a giant globe. Yeah. And then he picks it up, and you see, oh, it's inflated. Mm. It's very light. It's like a balloon, and he's, like, just, I don't know, doing Just things. living it, yeah. It's just, like, why don't you just make out the fucking balloon already? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then at the end, it pops in his face, and he, yeah. what, cries? Yeah. Oh, no, my words. Yeah. Where'd my words go? Because no. he has uh, the, this ridiculous aspiration to be emperor of the world. Right. And um, that's why he's... Because Austerlich is a, still a free country. And that's where uh, Hannah and um, and friends are going. Yeah. I forgot why uh, the barber... The barber got had to hide because... Well, he... Um... You Not know, because Schultz, Schultz was the one who was protecting, protecting everybody. But then... Yeah, but he insulted Hinkle, so he got sent to a concentration camp. Yeah. So he's like, no, you don't want to do this purge thing. This is not a good idea. I mean, what the hell did you expect getting that high ranking? Yeah. You don't want to do this. It's like, wait, what? No, you don't want to do this. So, but, you know, he tries to persuade the Jewish family to assassinate Hinkle in a suicide attack. Oh, and yeah. that's another thing with the the unlucky man who gets the coin yes. in his pudding uh, dessert. And God damn it, I hate when they call things that are solid pudding. It's yeah. like, screw you. That, but that was... That's not my pudding. My yeah. pudding is a yeah. liquidy yeah. gelatinous... I don't know. What yeah. is what is pudding? It doesn't seem like a solid or a liquid. I don't know. Good question. It's, it's pudding. Right. Right, yeah. So it's not so... Yeah. But no, these were those weird solid yeah. pudding things. There were cakes. Yeah. Call it what it call is. Call it fucking cake. Call it cake or call it little mini muffins or something. <laughs> uh, but Hannah didn't yeah. like that idea, so she baked a coin into all of them. Yeah. So, so then there's this funny thing where they're, they're having their underground meeting and yeah. they're cutting open their little cake things and uh, the barber's the first to... He's just chewing, and then you just see it in his face, like, "Oh no, I just bit yeah. into it." And this was a good callback because Charlie wanted, you know, an inch of his physical comedy to show. And this was a good one because it reminded me of modern times when he got thrown in jail. Oh, and the yeah, cocaine. Was yeah, it? where they switched the salt with cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. Yeah, they just <laughs> they had that really. <gasps> 
But, you know, uh, like, but the, the, where he just where I love when he broke the fourth wall. Huh? Or just looked at it because he he did this. You mean where, looking at the camera? Yeah, where he broke the fourth wall. Well, I don't know if that counts as yeah. a fourth wall break. Yeah. It's more like looking at the camera. Okay, he spiked the lens or whatever. What? So that's what the term is. Where he spiked the lens, where he looked at the camera. Uh, I didn't so, know there was a term for yeah. that. So where you know where he does that, but he looks right at the audience and just does that. Oh God, like you know. But then everybody has the coin, and they keep passing the coins to people, and he ends up eating four of them. Oh no! Yeah, where he eats four of the coins, and people hiding the coin. It's it's fit. You know, and then <laughs> yeah, we can't do this justice in, in you know in, in audio form. And um. Uh, yeah, Mr. Jekyll's like like the old guy who, you know, he's the one with the most noble traits, I think. Yeah. And he's just like, gentlemen, I have found the coin. Yeah. In his, uh, and reveals it, that he <laughs> found the coin in his pudding. And then the barber just like hiccups three coins. Yeah. And <laughs> Before the four coins were out, he's like, wait. What is this? Wait and then Hannah's minute. like, yeah. I did it. Yeah. Oh, you all did it. Uh, Why was she against assassinating? Well, she was just against the idea of you know someone one person giving it up. I believe uh, you know. Okay, like I wasn't the, sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just want to correct. I just looked at it. Ostrich was actually Austria. Oh, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. So, yeah, because that's right in between. Because I, I yeah. frankly, I know the generals of World War Two, but I yeah. don't know. Sp- a lot yeah. of the specific dates of when yeah. what got invaded. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Austria as well was actually Hitler's original country. Yeah. And, you know, he was an Austrian soldier who, um, also an art school flunky. Um, I thought he didn't even get into art school. No, no, but he, he got, I think he got in briefly, but he doesn't matter. But, um, you know, he, um, he also got very disillusioned on that, but Austria as well was one of those that supposedly kind of lost time a little bit. Supposedly they volunteered for the, to be a part of the German Empire. What? Yeah, that supposedly really did happen because Hitler was, you know, Hitler, you know, Hitler was an Austrian native. It's not really, that's not what happens. Um, but, you know, Hinkle has a dispute with the dictator of the nation of, yeah, yeah. of Benzo Napoloni over who should invade Austria first. The two dictators oh, argue. Oh, because Napoloni had his troops on the border. Yeah. And Hinkle wanted to take over instead. Yeah. yeah. And then they have a ball. And after two, showing off, oh, here's my army. Well, here's my airplanes. And the two dictators argue over a, treaty a dick measuring contest, I that guess. Go, yeah, that covers which happens to and the elaborate buffet, which has a jar of English mustard that becomes heated. And it, the beautiful fight spicy. that happens. Okay, yeah. I like the scene where they're gonna go get their hair cut because a part of this, yes, the palace is, I guess it used to be a library yeah. and it turned was turned into a barber shop and yeah. they keep doing that thing with making yeah. their barber seats go higher and higher and higher. And it, it just re- kind of reminded me of Bugs Bunny. Yes. Yeah. I thought about it. It was the barbers of, uh, um, Barber of Seville. The barber of Seville. Yeah. <laughs> the, Except that was just 
two of them having a metaphorical <laughs> dick measuring contest. Yes. And talking about transparent yes. ceilings yeah. for some reason. <laughs> oh, and my other palace, what, the, there's goldfish in the walls? They're all dead. That's why I'm building another one. <laughs> or, <laughs> what? But it really was good because you could just see two children do this. Yes, they're you know? childish. That's yeah, why. It- yeah, it just. <laughs> oh yeah, so I'm a great dictator. No, I'm a great dictator. But the- well, it's more of uh, a uh, Hinkle more than yeah. um, Napoloni yeah. seemed not as insecure. Yeah, but it's just funny. But, oh, my dictator brother, how are you doing here? <laughs> The, the quarrel. Pasta Fazul. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> the uh, they get really like really heated because oh Hinkle, during yeah, the, the yeah, ball yeah during the buffet there yeah. were and uh, is English mustard a thing? Yes, I never is, heard yeah. of it, yeah. but apparently it's spicy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but, um, and you know where they get heated because they said, "Okay, you sign the treaty, and we'll remove the troops." No, you remove the troops, and I'll, I'll sign, sign the, the treaty. treaty. Yeah, and it gets heated, gets even further to the point where they, they only resolve it when they eat the hot mustard and they're shocked into cooperating with each other. Oh yeah, and the, I don't think the stuffing a rag in your mouth help. Well, I mean, it does kind of help, but what it does is it wipes the... People do that. They wipe a napkin if they see the hot sauce on their tongue. They try to get the capsaicin off the tongue, Mm. at least, or at least to get it out of the salivary glands. Yeah. You know, because when that starts to swell, that's what causes the heat problem. I like when um, Hinkle grabs a bunch of spaghetti out of a bowl and he tries tearing it in half and he can't. Yeah. But whereas this is what I'll do to your family, he tears apart the spaghetti. No, he like, couldn't. He was stretching yeah. it, and it wouldn't break. Or <laughs> where they do that, and they start pulling it and doing that. This is what I'll do to your family. I'm like, oh, they touch the spaghetti. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> somebody touching my spaghetti. <laughs> 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 uh, 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 one scene we missed here, though, but I do love is when uh, Napoloni arrives by train and the train keeps moving back and forth. Yeah, and he doesn't want to walk out unless there's a red carpet. Ah, what the find the red carpet? <laughs> oh, and when they greet each other, he, he like has his hand low to shake his <laughs> hand, and Hinkle has his hand high to do his salute, and then they keep switching up and down, up and down. They just can't meet in the middle. No, but I mean, seriously, folks, I mean, it is something that we cannot do justice audio-wise. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, is, it is damn funny. I mean, it really is hilarious physical comedy. Um, but, uh, uh, so they, um, in the concentration camps where, you know, the barber, after the, the ghetto has been raided, the barber shows escape and they stole the uniforms, but they're dressed as Hinkle and the Austria front leader out of the victory parade is out there and, uh, wanting to address by Hinkle. The real Hinkle is mistaken here for the, um... Or the barber. Or the barber while he, duck he, hunting. Yeah, he has this weird, I don't know how you would, alpine little outfit thing on. Yeah. With the little hat with a feather and the little shorts. <laughs> yeah. Know, it's, like, lederhosen. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it, I was going to say, like, lederhosen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, and um, you know the real Hinkle is mistaken for the barber while out duck hunting here, and Schultz tells the barber to go to the platform impersonate Hinkle. And the only reason they could they could save this is their lives once they reach the Auschwitz capital. The barber has never well, given a public speech in his uh, life. You missed that the um the the Jewish family from the people from the ghetto had fled to Osterlich to go farm and live peacefully and stuff. But um I I guess the bacterian troops were removed. Right. And then um Hinkle's plan was to double cross them, naturally. Yeah. Um and then, then they started invading um we don't see much, but we do see the Hannah and um and the rest at the farm getting raided by uh stormtroopers and attacked and shit. And mm. then we're following like uh, the barber and Schultz, they they can't run. They're just kind of fenced in by all right. the all the um Hinkle underlings. So they get herded into a car, and they, I guess, the, they just, the plan is just to walk on the Capitol, where there's a huge crowd of people, and like, okay, we take over now? Yeah, they're basically, they're waiting for it, because they've been, you know, with the, with the Napoloni people out of the way, you know, now they, they don't really have a stable government, now the Germans are coming in, and now they're a part of an empire. And, you know, now it's like, okay, well, at least we got something going on. And it was basically, like, what happened was Hitler, when he took over some countries and when he came in and did this welcome speech, like mostly what's expected, the army cleared out a lot of people and put people in there under penalty of death. You're going to chair for Hitler. Mm. You know, so you're going to do this. So, I mean, they naturally cheer. It's like, oh, look at the welcoming crowd that love me. <laughs> you know, look at that. I mean, which goes. What? You just, you think you're just going to walk in and be welcomed? Yeah. Well, but yeah, but like the people who do this, like, uh, if you watch the Fox News and watch this and say, okay, a certain, you know, orange man who, former president, is everybody loves me. They're brought to tears. People are in tears when they see me. <laughs> You think the Secret Service is going to let anybody in there who's a dissenter? Or let alone, or anybody else going to let anybody around them? Mm. With that, so, I mean, you see the TV, and they're like, oh, people love him. We don't. We don't. And, um, but, um, the speech is given here where it's like, he's never done that. He announced he has a change of heart as Inkle, this is the barber here, and gives an impassioned speech. In the name of humanity, in the name of democracy, I I have the whole speech actually right here. Do you have uh, audio? Yes, I do. I don't yeah. know if you want to play the whole thing. Because yeah. the audio might get tinny. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... But when you see him, pl um, the role switch having occurred, then you get a good sense of the difference. Right. Yeah, you do. Although yeah. I wonder why nobody thought the barber looked like uh, their fucking leader. <laughs> yeah, nobody ever said anything at all. I yeah. know, right? Yeah, but... Um... I'm sorry. I don't want to be an That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. 
Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in men, cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world, millions of despairing men, women, and little children, victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people, and so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes, men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, and what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder, don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines. You are not cattle. You are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate. Only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery. Fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man. Not one man, nor a group of men. But in all men, in you, you the people have the power. The power to create machines. The power to create happiness. You the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful. To make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world. A decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite! Hey. He rolls his R's a lot. Yeah, I... What kind of accent is that? I, uh, he... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, I... I there's two... few points here, like... You know, where's the... the it, it's so weird how that's so fucking timely still. Um, yeah, like one of the comments on this video here is still relevant today as it was back in 1940. Humanity never learned. Yeah. and I think it's relevant all the time forever. Yeah. And, you know, whereas like the radio and the airplane had unite us. And I mean, you think of it, it could be the same thing as like Twitter and Facebook. 
today or some things that or the printing press or the and the you know, and Gutenberg printing press too. And I mean, I just I see this as an incredibly good speech, and also just. This character, the barber, never delivered a speech like this. Mm. So this was off the cuff in this universe. Mm. Interesting. Think of it like I've never really known a barber who could speak like that. Do you know many barbers? A few. But I've never really known one who could do that. It's always been smaller conversations, but not long. Probably because if you're getting your hair cut, they're not going to make a giant speech about democracy. (laughs) Especially I'm a bald guy. As much as it takes to cut my hair, I mean, to be done halfway in the middle of it. You know, I, I, yeah, it just, it still gives me chills on this. And I mean, it, 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 it's worth seeing it if you'll see it on YouTube. And I mean, it's, uh, you know, when he addresses... He puts a message of hope out, you know, yeah. with, um, and, you know, when he says the, uh, you know, address it to Hannah, is it, you know, look up Hannah, the soul of man has given wings. At last, he began to fly, fly into a rainbow, into the light of hope, into the future, the glorious future that belongs to you, to me, and to all of us. Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know if he's saying that on the radio or if she's, yeah. Or it's just like he, I don't know. Well, it, somehow, some way, there's a. She gets the point. Yeah, she hears it. So, because he assumed the Hinkle role, he now has telekinesis. <laughs> no telepathy is what yeah, you think. Yeah, okay. I think it's more like a. He just hopes that she'll have hope or something. Yeah. True. I don't know. It's a little unclear. But she is looking up at the cloudy sky and gets an idea of hope across. Yeah. I mean, um, because like her her farm or whatever just just been fucked up. Ransacked, but yeah. Yeah. So she was on the ground sobbing. Yeah. And but then she starts to look up and hopeful. It's symbolic. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it's, I don't know, this movie is incredible. And then it ends. Yeah. So, if you want a resolution to the switcheroo, you don't get one. No. We don't know what happens. No, we don't. We don't. I mean, assuming so, actual ankle dies. Assuming so, now that we know what we know now. I don't know. Maybe the, maybe the switch gets discovered because all the, Underlings would be all like, "Yeah, you were completely different. What yeah. the hell?" Well, I mean, they even say it, you know, as he's going to the stage. Like, wait, he looks kind of strange. Yeah, as they probably like, feel. Yeah. I assume they figured it out and killed him. Yeah, maybe he, lo- he looks different. He looks weird. But since that's not the focus of the movie, it yeah. doesn't need to be resolved. I don't know. I was disappointed the first time I saw it, but then yeah. the second time, knowing. What kind of movie it is. Yeah. Or that it doesn't fit those expectations. Yeah. I mean, it showcases uh, it with somebody better. who is power hungry what they, and power hungry, unprepared, and has very ill intent what can happen. 
you know, he has very, he very much does things for himself, who has a bust of himself on his desk. He's just an and insecure he, idiot. Yeah, he's an, he's a completely insecure human being. And I mean, if this was a real person who was alive today, he would, he would mail pictures of his hands next to a ruler to a New York Times journalist. <laughs> He would be a person who would pay off people. You know, he would claim that he was right about a hurricane path who very clearly was wrong. Okay. You know, and all that junk, he would do all those damn things. And, yeah, you know who the hell I'm talking about. And, um, so it's mainly about... You know, the effects that a petty tyrant, the negative effects on the people that a petty yeah. Yeah. idiot tyrant has on yeah. people. Um, I feel, I don't know what to think about the speech at the end. Because on the one hand, the increasing passion is very convincing at, and good at the whole aspect. But the on the other hand, we've been through this before. Yeah. I mean... You know, they say history rhymes or repeats yeah. or whatever. So it's like the cycle is always repeats. So how can I, you can't necessarily, I don't think, it, it's hard for me to believe that there would be this, oh, yes, we'll finally overcome this human problem and then it'll be okay forever. No. Yeah. That's not how it happens unless... Some kind of huge giant upheaval, like we all turn into cyborgs and I don't know, and controlled by AI things, and then the rules are different. But yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would take something like a complete left turn in evolution to, or I don't know. I think, Aliens give us yeah. magical machines that give us everything we want all the time. Mm. Maybe that would change something. I think what would have to happen is you have everybody mandatory study history and make sure that you really master it because the the people who understand and really know their history are are able to see these problems. And if you don't study history, you are doomed to repeat it. And it was something my grandpa always said. Well, it you helps, know. but sometimes you can't control other people. Yeah. Because others who don't see it, you know, who, like, who want to do it and take advantage of that. Um, Some people are just assholes who yeah. might know history and yeah. take advantage of it to True. be assholes. True, but I'm trying to be on the positive side. But I, I think with what we have to do here, I really think that, um, I really, really think this movie should be seen. By by the many. I mean, this is one of those that's. So I thought when we first walked into it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be interesting, and uh, this is gonna be good. But I didn't think that this was gonna be. Uh, I didn't think I was gonna feel it as much as I did, mm. or, or like it cinematically as much as I did. It's weird because at the the ending speech thing, and mm. if it was in a, if it was about any other. T- Topic or in any other movie, I'd just say it's yeah. kind of flat propaganda. How do you think that's gonna change anyone's mind? But damn, right. if it is, and it's kind of hokey too. But yeah. still, extremely hokey. Yeah, 
yeah. even despite that, there's just yeah. I don't know, it just kind of raises my spirits a bit. Yeah. Somehow. Yeah. 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 I mean, Charlie for I the time know, that he spent with this, I mean, this is a, this is a masterpiece. Mm. I mean, even right down to the poster. Oh, well, that was just been a lot of posters. Yeah, well, the po- if you go on Amazon and see the poster of the red background with Charlie's top hat and Hitler's hair, and then in the middle there's that mustache. Yeah, man, you're right there. I'm like, that's a really good one. But this is a it's too bad that he didn't win first. That Charlie didn't win first place in the Who Claims the yeah. the uh, the mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah true. He's True. close, but yeah, uh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just really think that I mean this is as you know as a student lover of history myself. This is really a big one that uh, it should be seen, and I mean this is a big, big, big time, big time thing, big time thing. And I mean it's uh, it's interesting. Mm. It's interesting. Um, you know, I do. Want to give a few moments for Fifty Nine Media? I'm I'm sorry. Did I? Say, yeah, I said it right. Yeah, for Fifty Nine. Forty Forty One. Oh shoot! I said our old old company. Damn. <laughs> okay, we're talking about a Charlie Chaplin movie, and it's just the two of us. So I kind of had flashbacks to Episode One for us, uh, which was a long time ago. Yeah. So, uh, but Forty Forty One. But I do want to give um, a couple shout outs here before we go to that. Um, just be on the lookout because I, uh, we just did an interview uh, with Larry Hankin again. And I mean, he gave some really, really, really good stories. Um, that's going to be up on our website very, very soon. So you catch that on movietheatertimemachine.com. And, uh, also our big one here. I mean, we, I did have, we were asked to give help to a film festival. Uh, that is going to be out very soon. I just interviewed the producer of it, Laura Willerby. And there will be other people coming on very, very soon to help promote it. Uh, for your entertainment as well, because there are going to be two actors who are really, really, really good. Oh, man, I can't wait. I hope these go through. Um, so uh, we'll just take a moment for 4041 Media. And uh, we'll be back with a little extra, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening. Movie Theater Time Machine is a part of the 4041 Media Group with podcasts like Psych Your Crime and Free Your Geek, which you can check out at 4041media.com. That's all squished together in one word, and the numbers are written as numbers. Now it's time to tell us what you think. If you got an opinion or wanted to know what's coming up next, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching for Movie Theater Time Machine. Now our podcast will always be free. Free? To subscribe and share. But if you'd like to help us build a bigger, better podcast, you can find merchandise designed by me, Kaz, at Zazzle. Or check out the Kaz Foxen's Animal Shop at Zazzle for cute animal gifts and pet supplies. Thanks so much, and back to the show. And we're back. Hey, y'all, for fantasy casting, you got anything? <laughs> I, I I just want to see that old guy as Magneto, and then <laughs> he suddenly realizes he has metal controlling powers in the middle, and then it turns into a completely different movie. He just takes over the whole movie. <laughs> I had one. Yeah. All I gotta do is the impression, you know, crack up. Papa the boy, Papa the boy, Papa the boy. Yes. I, I, I want... 
as soon as the fake Italian came on, I was just like, oh my god, I just want to see <laughs> Peter Griffin try to speak Italian. <laughs> you don't. Speak Italian, Brian. Papa the boy, papa the boy, papa the boy. Which reminds me of there's an inter uh, there's an interesting song I believe it came out in Italy of it's a fake English song. Yeah, yeah. It's actually pretty fucking catchy. Yeah, you showed me that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. It, yeah, it happened. Just look up fake English song and you'll probably yeah. find it. <laughs> Yeah, it. Yeah, you you did find it. It wasn't really that hard to find at all. No. No, it uh, was when you showed it to me. So. Um, um. So, if you have any others, or. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I. I think it'd be interesting if Robin Williams was in the role. That did the dual role thing. Real damn. I don't know. Just certain angles. Just yeah. Space reminded me a little bit, and I just. Feel like he could bring that energy, but also you know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I could see it. Mm. I could absolutely see it. It's just too bad I can't come up with more ideas to describe yeah. that to make it more interesting. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. That was that's really interesting because on an, on the another podcast interview that I did. Um, we were talking in, um, about the movie Arsenic and Old Lace. Yeah. And how Robin Williams was in talks about the possibility of remaking that. Oh. And him doing the Cary Grant role. He should have been the f- yeah. <laughs> fucking guy you thought he was Theodore Roosevelt. Yeah. He knows he could. <laughs> yeah, he already did Theodore yes! Roosevelt too. Yeah. But I mean, it's just. Gotta go. Yeah. Charge! Yeah, <laughs> and it just... But, I mean, he was doing that, but it, it they mentioned because it was, like, his physical characteristics, his physical abilities were absolutely off the damn charts. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it... it I, I, you know, I mean, it, it's sad, I mean, because of, you know, he's no longer here, but mm-hmm. the fact that, I mean, you could see that, uh, the versatility of Robin Williams alone... And yeah, I, I could see it. I think he would be, just be crazy enough to do it. Yeah, and he could do the drama parts because yeah. it's like one hour photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I still say that that killed, uh, that killed the Photoshop at CVS, man. Like, you know, the, you go to the drugstore, drop I, off your film. I'm pretty sure it was digital cameras and then camera phones. Yeah, but, but I think that prompted it. As well, that you know, that probably did it, but because damn sure, well, after you see that and you go, Yeah, I'm not forgiving you my photos anymore, <sighs> you know. Oh man, all right, gang, so we're gonna wrap this one up here. Um, you know, Dan and Josh will be back next week. Uh, they were enjoying time with family for a little while. Um, we're gonna carry on with this a little bit more as we move along. So, um, enjoy yourselves, uh, be good, take care of yourselves, but don't be too good now.